Perhaps you're thinking that it just may be. I baptized all those thousands so that I might fill my bulging purse and prosper by this ministry. Well, not so much as half a penny crossed my palms. Just ask my staff. Or when the Lord, through ordinary me, ordained those many thousand men to be his priests and deacons, which I did for free, if any one of them accuses me of taking even what it cost to buy a single shoe, then let him speak, and I will give it back to him. Welcome to the Inverse Theology Project. I'm your host, T.M. Moore. This is Volume 9, Number 3, Historical Theology. Late in his ministry in Ireland, Patrick received a summons to return to Britain and deal with charges that he was using his ministry to line his pockets. He knew that jealous British priests had concocted this lie, and he was not about to credit them in any way, least of all by returning to Britain. Instead, he dealt with this outrageous charge in his confession, and we'll hear his reply in this installment of the Inverse Theology Project, as we continue with our reading of Celtic Blame, The Burden of Patrick. Around me now I gather all these powers to save my soul and body in their hours of need. From all the forces that assail me, prophets false and pagan myth and tale, heretical deceit, false gods around me everywhere, against all spells cast down by women, blacksmiths, druids, unlawful things that hurt the body and the spirit sting. You know, and so does God, how I have been among you since my youth, in truth and in sincerity of faith and heart. And I have kept my faith and will until I die, although I live among the heathen. And the Lord knows I have not deceived a man of them, nor even thought of doing so, lest I should persecution cause to grow against the Savior and his church and all of us, and lest the name of God should fall to blasphemy because of me. The Word of God declares... The man who to the Lord brings blasphemy is cursed. And it is true, though I lack any skill, I have tried to do all that I could to guard myself in all my dealings, so that none could ever call me greedy. Even with the brethren and the virgins of the Lord, I took a stand that I would not receive the gifts that they would give to me. At times they even laid them on the altar. I returned them all, no matter if the gifts were great or small. And so, not understanding why I did this, they became offended. But I bid you understand, I hoped eternity to gain. And so I labored hard to be a man of full integrity in all my dealings, being careful not to fall into temptation, lest the pagan should some pretext have to denigrate my good episcopate and to disparage me. Perhaps you're thinking that it just may be. I baptized all those thousands so that I might fill my bulging purse and prosper by this ministry. Well, not so much as half a penny crossed my palms. Just ask my staff. Or when the Lord, through ordinary me, ordained those many thousand men to be his priests and deacons, which I did for free, if any one of them accuses me of taking even what it costs to buy a single shoe, then let him speak, and I will give it back to him. In fact, I spent on your behalf, no matter where I went throughout my ministry, that I might be received. I crossed this land from sea to sea, to every tribe and all the outermost domains, where nothing is that I might boast about the Lord, to places none had gone before, to baptize or ordain, where none among the people was confirmed. So by the grace of God alone, I say that I achieved all these results, both gladly and with full integrity, that you may stand today within his saving grace. 
You know, I, I gave gifts to the local chieftains so that I might minister among them. And these fees did not include, you understand, the stipends that I gave unto their sons to travel with me. These were my own funds, which were for their support employed. And still, on one occasion, they designed to kill me when they seized me from among my friends. But God had not ordained for me my end of life just yet. And though they stole from us all that we had and chained me, still our trust in God remained. And on the fourteenth day of my captivity, he made a way for my release and the return of all our goods." Firm friends who had the call of Jesus followed intervened on our behalf and drawing on the Savior's power effected our deliverance. Furthermore, you know yourselves, since you have seen before how much I paid to local magistrates and all the districts where I served the great and small alike, the total I have spent to be allowed to preach where I went in very, is very great indeed. I'd say no less than what a man would have to pay to bless some fifteen slaves with freedom. This was done so that the kingdom work we had begun among you might continue. I have no regret in this, and still am doing so to this day. I still will spend that I may do this work until the day I die, that men may know the Savior who controls the world. I'll spend myself to save their souls. Visit our website, www.ilbe.org, that's A-I-L-B-E dot org, to discover the wealth of resources available to help you grow in your walk with and work for the Lord. You can review all the previous editions of the Inverse Theology Project by going to the website, clicking the Resources tab, then clicking the Inverse Theology Masthead. In our next installment, we consider part two of our study in the question, What in heaven is Jesus doing on earth? Until then, for the Fellowship of Iowa and the Inverse Theology Project, this is T.M. Moore.